Welcome back to the Escape Bro Podcast, everybody. My name is Fung. And I'm Ron. Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Um, I think by the time this episode comes out, we would have, have done a two-parter on Eric Manalo. Yeah, previous that's guest. Right. Very, uh, that was a powerful experience, talking to that guy, don't you think? Very, uh, very educational, quite emotional and... Um, quite the storyteller as well. He, he put his experience into like this sort of emotional roller coaster that you and I even, well, for me anyways, I felt throughout the, the interview with the guy. I was pretty captivated. He's a great storyteller. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, um, you know, for people listening now, if they haven't uh, listened to part one and part two, um, give that a go. They are ex- excellent listens. Yeah, excellent listens. So uh, let's move on to this week's topic. Yep. Which and- I've... Yep, and I think this is pretty dear to you as well. It it is um, because it has been a source of um, uh, almost frustration and a little bit of a loss of comfort in a sense. Um, I have preemptively um, titled this value of money. Mm. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this was um, at a very very high level. Uh, not trying to go into too much details, but I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to arrange a uh, a mortgage for a for a property at the moment, and the amount of money that I've got to put in for a deposit is obviously um, large, a large sum, and in in you know many ways is bigger than your standard you know ten percent um, uh, deposit as well. Because can of, I because just other interrupt? factors? Yeah. Can I interrupt you for a second? Are you comfortable with showing any sort of numbers? Uh, pro- I probably wouldn't want to okay just just large sum just a large sum and and i think that's the whole point of this any sort of large sum is makes me uncomfortable well to just i think just to paint the picture for people going through mortgages or haven't gone through mortgages the typical sort of uh deposit for a property is usually around thirty five thousand dollars, right yeah i guess it depends on the house or yeah so or it's 10, 10, 10 to 15 yeah. percent is usually the accepted um deposit for for the mortgage but obviously yours is way past that uh, yeah, a little bit past that. Mm. Um, so I guess really going back and why it it pains me <laughs> so much. To, it does, does it pain you it, physically? It does pain me. It does pain me. And and really it, it started because um, this this concept of money um, was always imprinted in me as starting to be um, treated with respect. And in a way, I always saw it as royalty like beloved royalty something that someone something that's um like like the queen you know everybody mm. loves the queen and um and the reason why i saw it like you know in, in in that sense is because um my parents treated money with a lot with a lot of respect they saved hard they they don't they don't um, buy stupid things um and growing up you know cash is king that was sort of what um was it imprinted into me and the reason why it's so important is because it helps facilitate society um it provides safety stability and so you know people shouldn't use money irresponsibly because they that's what it provides and this mindset this this um yeah this mindset has sort of stayed with me for a very very long time and still does to a um to to a certain extent and i still treat it with respect Okay, this is interesting. We'll get we'll get back to this, but like you know, the whole I respect money. Yeah, that's that's something I, I, that 
doesn't ring well with me. Now, describe to me the the physical pain you feel when you actually make a large purchase. Uh, I think I think <laughs> I, I think rather than pain is maybe loss. A feeling of loss. So a feeling of loss. Loss. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty deep. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it's probably not not like that, but losing like a family member. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's pain involved. There's um, you know, there's a feeling of loss. But that's that's really you know how how I feel. Um, so, um, like like I said, making a big purchase, for example, buying a car or buying uh, you know putting money together for a, for a mortgage. These are things that I'm purchasing. I'm not giving away money, right? I'm exchanging that money for something of value in return. But what I feel is not the asset, whether it's appreciating, depreciating. I don't I don't feel the um, excitement of receiving that asset i feel the pain and the loss so would it be right money. yeah would it be right to say that you you'd rather be cash rich and asset poor or vice versa well i'd rather be both um but i guess but it, in it, terms it, of feeling i would rather be cash rich interesting yeah because i mean assets assets i can buy but to say that i am cash rich would mean that I have the money in hand for different it, things. It, it, it like okay, just in in my personal opinion, when I listen to to what you're saying, it's like if it's, think about a balance here. You know, one of those balance when you see in the olden days in Egypt or what or whatever, yeah. where they try to balance an amount of like say grain of, of of barley or something like that with the weight of of its value, yep. sort of thing, right? So I, I I think that you cannot be asset rich and cash rich at the same time. It doesn't make sense. Well, unless you're actually pretty rich, in which case you can have both. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I guess so. But, but you know, I'm I'm a regular guy, so every mm. time I buy something, I have to give up something of value. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's that um that feeling of of the loss of that safety and stability and comfort that having a a balance in your bank fat, account, fat bank account. That that's what helps. Um, sort of gives me that. Okay, Comfort. so your your sense of security is tied with having a, a decent uh, sum in your bank account. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um having a um an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what what sort of emergency do you think about when you think of emergency? Uh, well, none. I don't actually think about emergencies because mm-hmm. I got the comfort and mm-hmm. the safety of having that. So I don't think about what specific emergency. I just yeah, that, that's that's actually quite interesting to think about because like if you, the thing I want to say to you right now is basically define your fear because an emergency is basically like uh, something that is afflicting your sense of safety, your security or whatever. But what 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 do you think would happen if you don't have any money in your bank account? Oh. G- given your situation right now, like, sorry, that's, I think that's a bad question, but like what do you think would happen if you were cash poor but asset rich? Um, I don't think that's a very good feeling, nope. to be honest. No, I would, um, I would actually because because there there are a lot of people who are cash rich. Sorry, um, asset rich. They they put everything into um, you know, their mortgage or or whatever, mm-hmm. and have very li- and they they live paycheck to paycheck. I, I don't want to do that. Nope. That's not that's not a good living. That's not yeah. you know it, it. You're right. You you haven't lost anything. It's still tied to a appreciating asset, mm-hmm. but um. But that asset is is not very liquid. You can't access that that money very easily if you need for for any sort of reason. So 
yeah, that's that's not a um, not a good feeling to have. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Fair enough. That's uh. That's that's quite interesting. Like the respect to cash is something that uh, that's well. When I th- when I think about you got to respect the money. Yeah. Right. The way that you, you you described it, I feel like that's like saying, oh, be fearful of money because without money, your life would degrade. Um, I wouldn't say fearful, but I think more it it represents such a big part of mm. society and mm. big part of I guess life mm. that if it's not there or there's a significantly less amount of it, it's like the the scaffolding of my life is, is gone. But that's sure. not that's not really the case. Mm, no. But that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'm pretty sure like uh, look, I'm not gonna dismiss it. I'm sure like a lot of people do think of uh, think of it like that way as well. That you know, having a, a a decent chunk of savings is is a good uh, good way to live life, right? Yeah. And the the reason why I wanted to bring this topic up is because, um, you know, we we had that we had a, a phone conversation about how I was mm. feeling about all all this uh you know mortgage situation, how uncomfortable I felt, um, and and so that also led me to talk about my you know purchasing a car and how empty felt that I had this asset, this cool asset, but I'll have this, this balance in my bank account is now yeah, mostly gone. I remember that conversation. Yeah. That's not, not, not fun. Um, and you know, that's taken some time for me to recover from and recovery comes in the form of building my balance back up in my bank account. Interesting. Okay. Um, and, and the other reason why I want to talk about this is because, um, in the last, you know, recently it's so the last two or three years when I've sort of gotten, you know, much closer to you and seeing, um, seeing how you dealt with money, not 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 so much you know the mistakes or whatever you made in the past, but more how you treat money productively nowadays. So it's it's this you know it's it's completely logical, right? To to be using money to create more more money in a sort of entrepreneurial owning your own business um, kind of sense, which has never has never been on my radar. So for me, creating wealth is just building my bank account. Mm. But creating wealth um, for most people is, for, for a lot of people is is not building a bank account, but you know, creating some sort of business that generates wealth for yep. you. Yep. Um, and the reason why it hasn't has never really been on my radar is because one, I'm I'm not um, I'm quite risk averse. I don't really like risk, and anything anything that's sort of like you know when I've um, when I've known about what I've known about business and what I've um, looking at the statistics of a business about how often they fail, owning your own business has always been to me associated with um, very high risk and potentially bankrupting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so that turn didn't sort of happen for me until you know I, I started to talk to you and seeing the you know your decision to go from leaving quote unquote guaranteed money on the table, the nine to five job that you had, you know, guaranteed monthly income or fortnightly income every, you know, every two weeks for your own business where you are putting in your own money. You are everything that you make is up to up to you, the, the work that you put in. Um and, you know, I, I'm I'm sure you you you've talked about before about, you know, f- failure. And even though I saw the failure, it 
for you, it is a good learning experience. And that's, that's one big thing. Reframing. Yeah. And the other big thing is that, you know, despite the failures of the businesses that you've had, you're not on the street, you're not a bum, you know, you're not, you're not like even with business failure is not so bad that, you know, you, you can't, you, you couldn't afford to take those risks in the, in the beginning. And I'm sure, you know, with those risks that you took um, to start those businesses, you've gained good experience and you probably made a little bit of money from that as well. Sure. Yep. So <clears throat> it's, um, I, I think, you know, growing up and, you know, being taught by my parents to treat money with respect, um, it was always about building wealth rather than creating wealth. So building a bank account rather than creating something that can actually okay, yeah, yeah. give you wealth. And so the, for the longest time, my only way, my only, um, to, to me, the only way to really build wealth was through um, working and getting, getting paid more over time. And, uh, and I guess uh, a mortgage, because that's an appreciating asset. Yeah. So the entire time I've been, just been saving for, for a mortgage. And the idea that I could, I could have saved up and put towards something that could create wealth, could create um, a business was never on my radar. But now that this property thing is, looks like it's, you know, going ahead. After that, I'm going to have to build up my <laughs> bank balance again. And after that, the question is, you know, at some point I'm going to, I'm going to have a decent balance again. What am I going to do with that? Is it going to be for another mortgage? I, I don't think so. So it's going to be for probably some sort of business venture. And that's kind of exciting. But that's something that I could not have ever imagined as a possibility. That's something that I would even think about, you know, three, four years ago because it's high risk, potentially bankrupting, and I could be quote unquote on the street. But that's not, not doesn't seem like it's the case. Look at, look at, okay, if you do, say you don't have any money right now, say you don't have your job right now. Where do you think your safety will be? Um, I guess my parents. Right. They could probably help me out. That's right. You can always move back home. You can always move in with your brother. Yeah. Hell, I'm, I'm living with my brother right now because we made, Abby and I made the decision to put our apartment up for, well, her apartment up for rent. Yeah. But to create herself an extra bit of income. Right. So, I mean, the, the first thing I want to tackle with everything that you just said right now is like, when I look at money, Right, I don't want to be bound by it. I don't want to be fearful of it, nor do I want to respect it, or in the sense that, oh, I need to put it above myself. You know, mm. it's more like, uh, for me, money is uh, is in my in my mind, anyways, is is considered a tool. Right? Yeah. What can I do with it? What value can I get out of it right now? Right. What can I use it for to build my, my, my next step in the things that I want to achieve? And I think we spoke on the phone as well. It's like, hey, if you have like 5000 extra $5,000 in your bank account, what would you do with it? And I think I asked you a question and you said um, something to like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. But for me, I'll be like, I'll invest into counseling, uh, not counseling, um, uh, consulting for our podcast. Yeah. Right? So how can I use that to, to gain someone else's knowledge to increase uh, the the output or efficiency of our podcast, or how to gain more audi- uh, like audience members, how to become better speakers, right? So I'll, I'll be I'll be investing in all of that. I've since I've been twenty five, 
um, I made the decision to, hey, I want to be my own boss. I made the leap to from working to in 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 a corporate sort of corporate uh, environment, a nine to five, still. a nine to yeah. five into farming straight away. I knew nothing about farming. I just knew the opportunity was there. And, I was, and ever since then, I learned from obviously my father and what to do and what not to do. Now, I've, from 25 onwards, I've always had been cash poor. <laughs> There's, I tell you, I'm comfortable in saying this out, out there for people. My bank account, my personal bank account has never reached over $10,000 ever. But in saying that, if you look around me, I've, I've got all these tools and all these, these equipments that I can use to create something that I want to create. For example, if you're talking about this podcast, straight away when, I, when you and I decided, hey, let's do a podcast, I went out and bought all the equipments that we, need, that we needed, like headphones, microphones, um, you know, uh, subscriptions, this recorder, right? So for us to be able to invest in, into this thing that we, we, we started together. Similar with uh, this videography things. As soon as I knew that my, my other business, the market game was no longer in play, what I did, I used the, whatever money I got and went out and get me uh, upgraded the, 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 the camera gear that I have at home, right? At the same time, with tools that I don't use anymore, I put it back, back, put it back out there for someone else. I sell it again. I've already gained the value I wanted out of it. Now, the remaining value of that particular item I'm going to send it out there to whoever wants to buy it. I'll sell it for cheap. I don't care because I've already got the value out. I want it out of it. Which is, which is funny. Um, you know, it sort of relates to the car ownership thing, right? Yeah. I think I, I mentioned to you before about um, my old car before. I think I bought it for like 35 grand or something, for example, yeah. I think. Something about that. About that. Um, and, you know, I drove it for about maybe two years. I didn't, I didn't, you know, keep it for a super long time. But when I sold it, I think I sold it for about eight grand less. And all I felt was that eight grand loss. Mm. It wasn't, I didn't that's, feel that's, the enjoyment that I got that's, from the that's car. That's very interesting to think about. And, and my question is like, why do you focus on the $8,000 loss as opposed to all the fun that you had with the car for the past two years? Well, I, I guess, you know, a big part of it as well is that I, you know, the, the fact that a car is a depreciating asset should have been part of that um, calculation in my head mm. that you know it, it's it's normal for for it to be worth less over yeah. time and the other thing that doesn't really compute is is that um the fun and the enjoyment i got from from the car mm. I, I i look at it like i i look at value it look value is very subjective right you cannot your value compared to mine is very very different yes okay? but we have this common thing called money so that we can transfer the asset to one another Okay, how much is it, is it worth to you? Basically, you will pay the amount that you think it's worth for you in terms of value. Yes. But for me, I will do the same thing. So for example, in a, a car, you'd, be, you'd look for the cheapest car possible to get your enjoyment. But for me, I'll be like, all right, I don't want to lose my time looking for a car. So I'm going to look for, look for one, pay a bit, little bit higher to get the same enjoyment that, 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 that um, you did, but at a less amount of time spent trying to get that value yeah i think this is this is just how we are in in general when it comes to purchasing things i'd mm. rather wait for a good deal yeah than something that you know if something i don't really absolutely need right away i'm happy i'm happy to wait mm. it was something that I'm, i absolutely need i understand yeah but i think for you most of the time when you need to buy something it's because you actually need it so you don't really have to you don't really wait for no. for a deal no. you just go 
find the best thing you can you, do right you, now. You, you tell me, like I tell you that I want something I, in terms of like, hey, well, I'm really interested in something right now. The next day I'll have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I don't care. I'd, I'd pay a, a little bit of a premium just to, so I can uh, get the value sooner. But at the same time, I'm, I know for a fact that if I buy a physical item, I'm never going to lose the, the value of it fully. Like I'm never going to lose the amount, of money I, uh, my, uh, the amount of money I spent towards that item fully because I know I'll be able to sell it down, uh, down the track. Yeah. Right? And that's the beauty of like, uh, today's economy, right? Because things are moving so fast that things don't lose value as much as they did in the past. Yeah. Get it? And I think for me as well, the, the reason why it hurts is because I sort of, I almost look at it as a, as a balance sheet. Mm. There's no, there's no number in there for enjoyment, for utility, for fun. It's just how much you bought it for, how much you sold it for. And that balancing item there, mm. that is the, the result. It's, it's a very logical way to think about it. And there's no room for emotional sort of like uh, no. thinking towards it, right? There should, there should, well, there shouldn't be when, when, um, when you're making a purchase that big. But- you know, if if I mean, look, if that was a case, if you solely looked at the, the the value that you bought it for versus the value that you sold it for, then obviously you wouldn't give a crap what car you drive. Correct. True. Yeah. Logically, yeah. You're Yet right. here you are with a very decent looking car. Yeah. A very fast car, which I'll sell for uh, a lot less than what I bought it for. And sure, but you also like you you'd also have a, 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 some value out of it in terms of fun because every time you rev up the car you you punch it and that DSG yeah, kicks it's, in it's fun it's fun yeah right but there's no place on that balance sheet to no, say that, hey, like that this is how much i'm going to get <laughs> uh, this is how much fun i'm going to get out of, this, out of out of this car that's right right that's right so it's interesting the way that you think versus how i think because uh, for me money is a tool and the way i think about it it's like i'm not saying that i don't respect it I am not gonna say I'm not gonna sit underneath it, saying that I need a b- bigger bank account in order for me myself to feel safe and yeah. secure. But I, I think I think the part of that is that um, your your bank account has always been low, so it hasn't ever really bothered you that is low, right? No, because I'm still living. Yeah, you're I'm still living. You're still thriving. Food. You're still doing yeah. well. Yeah, you still, you know, we, we pretty much, you know, we hang out. You know, we go out every now, and, you know, pre-COVID. <laughs> you know, and all that. but it's never it's never felt like it's limited you despite the differences in the bank account because I know I'm safe in, yeah. at the end of the day I know we live in Australia we live one of the safest countries in the world I know I've got a big family I know that I have enough trust in my brothers and sisters and my girlfriend and my parents to, to know that if anything happens I will have uh, I will find temporary shelter there yeah right um, that's why it's always baffled me like looked at uh, when I look at people who's homeless I'm thinking do you, is your safety net that far deteriorated for you to well, be able to? I, I think, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the things I've always questioned. I'm like, I, it's not saying that I'm, I'm like better than you or anything like that. It's just like, what happened? I think a lot of times it's, uh, sometimes this is really bad luck and they might not have had the, um, the family that you have or the connections that you have that can, you know, keep you afloat. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's sometimes just, just bad luck. Mm. Well, I, I have I have had I've got a friend in uh, also, who's also in the uh, ment- mental nursing industry. Yep, and he says that a lot of people they have a fat bank account, but they just choose to live that way. It's a very strange 
dichotomy if you really think about oh, it right because if you're afflicted with mental health and yeah i mean there, there are stories out there of people dying with like a million dollars in their bank account when they've been homeless all their lives yeah so to me it's just a very strange thing to think about right so it's really how it's, it's everything that you talk about like if you talk about like in terms of security and having that fat income is um is it's, all, it's quite relative in, it's, and yeah, it's, it's very also relative, how you right. how you treat it yeah um, I like this book, or rather this person, and I've listened to him uh, throughout many different podcasts. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the name Ramit Sethi. No, no, he's it's it's he's an interesting cat that you need probably need to look at uh, look at. He's a financial advisor, but he's got a very interesting way to look at it. He's got a book called "I Will Teach You How to Be Rich." Yes, it's kind of noxious sort of name, but the way he looks at money is like, hey. Uh, what is it? Don't work for your money. Make your money work for you, right? Don't don't sit there and count your dollars, and uh, you know save your money by not having that coffee once a week or coffee once a day or three times a day or whatever enjoys you. If you if you enjoy it and it brings you a higher quality of life, buy it. But obviously, scale back in the things that you don't need, right? Um, so for example, in my case, it's like, hey. What do I enjoy? What do I what do I enjoy and do I need to achieve my goals? Right? It'll be obviously it'll be audio equipment, obviously it'll be camera equipment, buying a drone, buying like, you know, a decent car to be to lug my stuff around. But in terms of clothing, mate, I will spend I will spend $50 max on a pair of pants. 100 bucks max on a pair of shoes. $20, $10 on a pair of sh- uh, on, on, on just a t-shirt, right? I don't I don't need those super dry, those like Louis Vuitton, like high-end sort of bags that, who, what, that cost like $500 a pop. That makes no sense to me. I think that's how a lot of people, uh, you know, um, cash poor. Because yes. all their money's going cash, towards these. But I wouldn't even call them asset rich at that point because they, their asset is not making them any money. It's just stuff. It's it's just stuff. It's just clutter. It, it, it's it's not gonna. It's what gonna raise your social status? Not even. I'm not sure. Probably like, not. No, sorry. Not. That's, I think social status is the wrong word. It's more like sh- social image? appearance. Appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Image. Yeah. Aesthetics. Basically. Hmm. So that's why you probably see a lot of like uh, you know rich guys just wearing fucking a t-shirt and and a pair of like ugly ass shorts, but driving a Maserati and like have a big house and fucking a helicopter. Hmm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you should check his his stuff out, his podcast out. He's he's got a very interesting way to look at look at money. The the other quote that uh, I read was, uh, "Money can't buy happiness, but poverty can't buy anything." Interesting. That was, Explain that one to me. Where'd you get that from? Uh, no idea. Heard it somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where my thought was. You know, money definitely doesn't buy happiness. It does afford you some security, some safety, and some comfort. But having no money, you can't buy a shit with it, and that's not comforting. That's that's a feeling of loss. Um, so I guess throughout all this and throughout these past um, you know couple of years, um, you know I have come to some key learnings, and I'm happy for you to um, comment on them. Uh, so one of them is just uh, having money is important, um, and while having a good balance of it in the bank uh, can provide that that sense of confidence and safety. Using it for something productive or something that I've earned shouldn't come with a sense of guilt, wrongdoing, or a loss of comfort. That's something that um, I I understand it 
now, but it probably still takes me time to get get there. Yeah, because I mean, I've seen you. I've seen you like buy something, and it 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 really. And you you technically complained to me about it as well. Uh, Dude, I feel it when you buy shit. <laughs> you know, you you spend um uh, like your camera, for example. I can't remember how much it costs, but in the thousands, probably right. Uh, the the one that I got now, yeah, yeah. probably fifteen hundred. Yeah, like far out. That's that's a shitload of money to be out of your bank account when your bank account's not like you know tens and or fifty grand, or whatever. You know, it's well, I, I, I'm actually. The way I look at uh, big purchases as well is like, how can I make my purchase and not affect the the the, the, the my bank account, mm. right? Mm. So I look for, uh, you know, I tr- nowadays, right? Before I whip out a credit card, that's not the smarter, smartest way to go about <laughs> things because that did hurt my hurt myself for the quite for quite a long time. And I'm just to tell people I'm about to finish my credit card, and it's probably got the best bang it off. Yeah, so it's gonna be the best feeling in the world. Because finally, the money that I put into interest, I can put into savings or somewhere else, yes. right? Into some sort of investment. Uh, but there are facilities out there that people can use who where it's interest free. Mm-hmm. Okay, so such as ZipPay and whatnot. It's pretty good because a lot, a lot of the time, what uh, what they do is they do have like f- uh, twelve to twenty four months interest free on big purchases. That's fine. And for me, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna buy that camera on ZipPay. Because I know I'm going to be making money on that camera, so I'll know I'll make X amount of money every single week, every single month. So I'll be able to, to put that towards that camera, and then use the, the my money that I have in the bank account to put put in other sort of, sort of investments. Mm. Okay, so that's 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 how I look at look at it. How do I leverage my situation in order to get what I want to get? That's right. Um, and I think this sort of goes into my my second key learning, which is that um, money should be there to work for me, not just sitting. Sitting about waiting for the day I need to be that, that I need to be saved and need that money, um, you know it, it is important to have a, an emergency savings or emergency fund for emergencies. But building up a balance with no purpose isn't using money productively. Yeah. So when we when you were still in the market game, and we talked about you buying, um, you know, going to debt to buy um, equipment. I'm I'm thinking like, but you you don't need extra equipment to make the money that you're already making. But then I guess your thinking was I have this I have this ability to purchase the equipment that can make me more money. So why wouldn't I be using this money to work for me to potentially make more money? I think the term for that is called debt leverage. Yeah, debt um, leverage. It, it's it's good to a certain point. If you're gonna fall headfirst into like debt just to see a potential return. I think that's kind of a, a strange way to look at it or a very... Um, but that's business, right? It is. But if, if, if you don't go into it with some sort of planning, it's going to be hard for you to, to get back on your feet, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I guess you, you did take a calculated risk because mm. you already had a business that was working well for you and you're just basically investing more into that business. Well, I mean, look, just to paint the picture, I'm back to zero. When I when I finished with up with that business, when I got affected by COVID nineteen, it practically shut my business down. Uh, look, I, I I don't like to to say shut my business down. I like to say shut my project down. My business mm. is my 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 company is still here. Yep. I just switched over to something else now, new project. And I think that's one thing I I I took away from the lean startup. 
Mm. That book, I forgot who, who, it, who it's by, but it's a very good book if you if you're new into businesses and like uh, trying to figure figure the ropes out. And the term for that is pivoting. Remember, I, I think I was I was talking to you about it uh, at one point. Was like rambling about pivoting. Does Eric rise? Yeah, that rings. That rings. Yeah, it's, a, it's a blue cover, right? Yeah, yeah, with a ring on it. It's a, it's a fascinating book in terms of like trying to get a business off the ground. And and I think my my dad applies it really really well. Yeah, in I've the seen sense that, that you, you've you've obviously seen yeah. like how he, how he's, he's doing things, and he's he's and I'm always amazed. He's really quick on his feet. If he finds something that works straight away, he, he scales up as fast as he can. But if it doesn't work, he switches as fast as he can as well. Okay. So what were we talking about again before that? <laughs> I just, I just using, yeah, you yeah. just using money uh, productively. Yeah. Really. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think people should be scared about money at all. It's, mm-hmm. it's just like try to figure out like how you can multiply that money. How do you make that money work for you? And, and that goes into my last key learning, which is very similar, which is take risks productive calculate risks um in a way saving up for the next mortgage is relatively low risk you know sure. property has always has always gone up and there could be a property crash at some point but as long as you have cash flow um from other sources you, you can stay you can stay afloat but i think the risk um or the productive calculate risk um that i would prefer to take next would be to some sort of business, owning some sort of business. I mean, like I'd, I'd like for you and I to work together to to expand this this yeah. brand name, this skate rope. I think we can take it really far. Yeah, um, and it's our first year, man. And we, I think we. Uh, when did we start again last year? Well, seven months now. Seven seven months because we started early December. No, but that's official, right? But yeah. we we started to, we we basically started the proof of concept. Oh, in probably. August, August, yeah, 13th or, of yeah. August um, last year. And we're, we're coming on uh, we're basically like three months away. It's a journey. Almost there, yeah. almost there. So um, I guess, um, you know, to end my little part in this is really just um, this quote that I heard from uh, someone at work, which is, uh, you never save yourself to greatness, which means you can never save enough money to become great. Nobody cares about a great saver, money saver. It's those who use the money or to use funds to create something that is that changes the world, that is what's great. Yeah, man. I liken the money in a bank account, a fat, a fat bank account with no, that money nowhere to go as a uh, sort of pool of water. Leave it long enough and it will just stink <laughs> right yeah but what makes river into oceans just flowing water right so keep that money flowing and you you grow with it um yeah but that quote that you just mentioned is like you never save yourself to greatness uh, the one thing i think about at the moment is those measly interest rates that you get from your savings or your maximize savings maximize or high savings high interest savings account Really, at the end of the year, you're probably gonna get hundred dollars if that. The I think when when I was younger, my my idea, my my ideal retirement was to have a massive amount of uh, savings, like millions, instead of like you know putting that towards business throughout my lifetime, putting it towards a high interest savings account. So every every month I get you know thirty grand, and that's that's it, and just mm-hmm. live off that. But it's not really greatness, though, is it? It's just oh. living. 
I think well, comfortably, but yeah, you know, sure. I mean, there's even a, there's a story about Elon Musk late, uh, recently about getting a big payout from Tesla because he hasn't been paying himself for you know an X amount of time. And I think this is what I'm talking about when you when you when I say you need to be asset rich with asset that makes you money versus being cash rich, right? Yeah, especially if you come out of it okay. You know, at the at the end of your life, would your story would your story be would would it be? Oh, uh, you know, I lived a pretty regular life and nothing bad really happened. Never really failed. Hey no son, greatness. Hey son, I I was able to save two hundred dollars every single week. <laughs> this it. is why you can live the way you you can live right now. Or, or would it be, yeah, you know, I tried to start a space business and it failed, but hey, I, I tried, I learned a lot from it and yeah, it, it was, this is the logo that it, it could have been. You know, there's, there's that kind of story, which is like, which is a lot more interesting than, yeah, you know, I bought three houses and just lived off that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I don't, that, that's not, you know, how I want my story to to read mm. yeah all right man any uh any last words uh no i guess i can repeat which you know repeat the quote which is which will be the the title of this which is uh you know you never save yourself to greatness it's a good quote to end it off uh end it off in mm. um before we, we we go guys i just want to say please Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, guys. So, um, and a review. A review will be amazing. I want to know what you think about the, the the episodes and also what you think about the general topics that we talk about. And you can always contact us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz at The Escape Rope or one way or the other. Um, yeah, man. And you can always uh, help us through uh, small contributions um, through Patreon by being a Patreon subscriber or what do you call it patron patron yeah. um and also just through our amazon link on our website um every time you buy something we just get a very very small kickback um yeah and i think the best way to help us as well is just just to tell people about us as well yeah man word of mouth works word of mouth that's it mm. by the way just to keep to the theme of the of of, of this uh this week's episode just want to say, you know, that two dollars you're giving us to, uh, through Patreon, mm. you could be saving that through your high interest bank account. But hey, you get so much more value out of listening to us. So that's know, it. Two dollars fifty or, years. That two dollars yeah. could be two dollars twenty. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or you can help us out. You can help us out and create something great. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. See ya. Yeah.